Celebrating five years on YouTube, this is Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is Thursday night, January 9th, 2020. The Sharks... Take down the Neon Buggers one more time. The Blue Jackets lose 3-1 to one to the San Jose Sharks as Gus Nyquist makes his return to the Shark Tank. And welcome to this edition of Teal Town After Dark. We do this live after every single Sharks game, home or away in the regular season in playoffs. So to be a part of the show, chat with us and fellow Sharks fans in our YouTube Super Chat on the page or the app. Of course, always follow us on the social Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, and of course our Discord at TealTownUSA. And of course, for more Sharks content, hit us up at TealTownUSA.com. Joining me tonight is Mr. Ian Reed. What's happening, man? Not much. Not much. We're here. We won. Yay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, 3-1 victory for the Sharks, and uh, they play their first their first home game in 2020. Yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, early on, like three minutes in, we had a, a scramble that uh, just one of those crazy, you know, net mouth scrambles. But uh, you know, Columbus's goaltender Elvis Merkelainen's, uh I finally got it right. Um, <laughs> I'm just uh, saying all this. <laughs> right? Oh, oh. Uh gets the uh gets the the stop even though Kane thought he got it in. Uh and of course nothing really in that first period early on except for maybe a very questionable phantom slashing call on Joe Thornton. But uh first period Yeah, it was alright. Is, I mean, yeah, I was all right. I thought the, you know, the Sharks, I, I thought the Sharks had it like as far as first periods go, as far as like with everything that's happened in the last couple of days, I don't think you could, you could have played um, a much better first period, all things considered. I mean, yeah, I mean, of course you'd want to get something on the board, but I, you know, I thought all things considered, I thought that, um, you know, look, you saw the opposing goalie have to actually make some pretty decent saves. Um, and I, I felt like in the last couple of games, you didn't really see that as much. So, um, like, especially the St. Louis game, you know, we had Kurt on even, you know, we, we kind of all agreed that Bennington didn't really have to make any big saves. Whereas in this game, and maybe it's just because of the way Elvis plays the, the position too. maybe, you know, I think he's a little more of an athletic goalie. So maybe, you know, he's going to make some saves look bigger than they are. Um, Nabokov used to do that a lot too, where he used to make, he used to make some really routine saves look ridiculously ridiculous because of the way sometimes he played the, 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 the way he played the position. Um, but no, I thought, you know, there's, there was a couple times where, where Columbus, you know, the Columbus goaltender had to make some really, really big saves. And, um, you know, I, I thought there was a lot to like about that first period, even, you know, score being nothing, nothing aside. Yeah. I thought they played a lot. They played well. They they outshot Columbus very high for for them in the first period, fourteen twelve, uh, in the first period there. Uh, Columbus having that one power play didn't do anything, but definitely I thought they played and played their game pretty well. Uh, despite no Logan Couture for six weeks, mm -hmm. you know everybody's talking about Tomas Hurdle now assuming the number one spot in the center. Um, what, what did you think of, of hurdle this evening? I thought he was great. I mean, I've kind of seen hurdles line as the top line for the most part this season when he was the center. Like I always kind of considered that maybe I'd have to go back and look at like probably the, like the lines that they, they, they drew, but I, I always kind of looked at that as the first line really going into the season. So I think right. it wasn't really hurdle that I was worried about having to go back to center. Cause I think hurdles uh, a, a good center. I think he, he can be effective on the wing. And I think that the, when he got moved to wing and initially he was still kind of recovering from that ankle injury. And I think that helped him a little bit where he didn't have to, you know, center 
the center ice position is there's a lot to it. There's a lot of there's a lot that that people don't realize that goes into playing that position as far as as far as your own positioning. It's it's there's a lot going on when you're playing center. Um, and I think that moving him to the wing allowed him to simplify his game a little bit. And I thought that he benefited from, you know, again, uh, when you have someone like Joe Thornton feeding you the puck, I, I, you know, Joe Thornton, maybe not having the season we'd all like him to have. But of late, you know, he's kind of come on a little bit at the uh, in, in the later stages of the season here. So I thought that that helped hurdle a little bit, kind of get him going again. But uh, the dude's a center. Uh, and I think that, you know, I wasn't worried about hurdle stepping in it was what was going to happen behind hurdle as far as like who was going to play the center that was i think the the concerning part for me and so far everything worked out yeah i mean so far so good i mean i i really thought they they played a really solid game overall tonight and then they got things going in the second uh 101 kevin lebank uh gets one off the rebound i thought really you know I don't want to say dirty, but, you know, it's one of those ones. It's not a fancy play. It's nothing. It's picking it up off the rebound. Banks at home, you know, early in the, in the period. Yeah, starts it's getting it's that a garbage going. goal, but you have to. It, it's a garbage goal, but, you know, you, you're definitely cleaning up the garbage there. But it was the way. How do I describe this better? Because, I mean, it was a garbage goal, but. The way that he was able to just, you know, because Wierenski's a really good defenseman. You know, he's usually pretty aware of what's going on on the ice. And to take advantage, like, he he kind of lost the play for just a second. Right. And, and and Kevin LeBanc did a really good job of capitalizing on that because you look at I mean, you could probably get a little... The, you could you could have probably got a little battle and it might have been interference, but you'd probably get away with it at that point. Yeah. But really he kind of caught Rinsky a little bit flat footed and was able to put that goal in. And that's, you know, that's the kind of plays that you're going to need because, um, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about how the offense for the sharks hasn't really come easy this year. So it's, it's plays like that. Sometimes, you know, those are the kind of plays where you really need to take advantage. And it was, you know, and we've seen the sharks right. not take advantage of those opportunities um, in previous games. So it was good to see that the sharks, were able to take advantage because I th- again I thought that uh, you know the Columbus goalie uh, Elvis why am I gonna try to say his name um, <laughs> you know he he I thought you know for he gave him a real pretty good performance tonight and I thought he you know the, he definitely um, he he's definitely I, I thought he gave his team a, a you know a decent chance to win this game and he's definitely giving them a chance to get stay in the playoff race yeah. over in the East. I mean, he, he really, he looked really solid in both of these games. Yeah, he lost both of them against the Sharks, but he, he made those routine saves that, honestly, with Corpusalo out for Columbus, I mean, that's a huge boost for them to keep it going. And they had that big old point streak going for the longest time. Uh, and part of it is, uh, well, from him. So mm-hmm. uh, moving along, uh, you know, we got Shimmick that took a hooking call from former Shark Gustav Nyquist. Uh, Soft. Yeah, I, I was like, okay, is that hooking or is that holding the stick by Nyquist? And sure enough, thirteen nineteen Nyquist takes a uh, uh, thirteen nineteen uh, Nyquist goes off for a hooking hurdle, and I, then, I thought that was soft. It was just a, that was a. Those are, that was a bad call and then a makeup call, in my opinion. I and I thought both penalties were pretty soft. Makes me it makes me wonder if um if there was the that that you know classic league mandate. Oh, watch this, watch the stick penalties here, uh, going to the referees. But sure enough, nine seconds into the power play, Joe Thornton grips it and rips it for his second of the season. Uh, Ek sixty five with like the little bit of a head juke that kind of stalled. The defenders and Goodrow with the assists on that. Uh, what did you think of Jumbo, you know, getting on the board? Well, I mean, he couldn't tie the season with Pekka for goals, so he had to do something. <laughs> oh, yeah, no kidding, right? Um, no, you know, it was a nice shot. Um, obviously, you know, Joe Thornton has a shot. Um, he probably could have stayed to use it a few more times over the course of his career, but... Um, <laughs> I mean, look again. It was it was a nice play. It was a solid uh, it was solid play by Carlson to really set that up. 
Um, you know, and, and look at the sharks. The sharks are the most dangerous when they can when they can really get their cycle game going. And the sharks had possession of the puck in that the offensive zone, like for significant amount of time to set up that play. Um, and so, I mean, when you can control the puck like that, good things are generally going to happen, and and they did in this situation. Yeah, and, and uh, they had Mark Edward Vlasic mic'd up tonight, and and uh, you know, not to encourage it from the classic days where where fans would be shooting, would ask to shoot, but uh, I love this clip here from uh, from uh, Vlasic. <laughs> I hate Vlasic. Just he's chirping EK sixty five. You gotta you gotta love that. But uh, so I don't know if it's an Eric thing with the K. So maybe me and Landy can get on it about shoot. You choose to try. You know, I mean, whatever whatever it takes to uh, get the get the the sharks going or especially Chumbo going. Uh, unfortunately, the the Jackets would get one back. Sonny Milano gets one. Uh, Kind of off of a Burns turnover there to uh, to uh, spoil Dell's chance at a shutout at eighteen twelve. Well, you see, here's the thing, right? Like I, I know, and look at Brent Burns can't turn over the puck like that. No. Um, the problem with that play though is that Aaron Dell should have moved the puck to Dylan, who was on the other side. If the puck goes the other way, um, because look at like yes, Brent Burns is you know he he's yeah he turns over the puck but he's also he's you know he's he's still a guy who can generally carry it out of the zone and I, so i understand why you might want to move it to burns because you want to get the rush going the other way but the problem was was that burns was pretty heavily covered so it, it's kind of a it's one of those split second decisions you have to make and and dell chooses to go to burns instead of dylan on the other side if he goes to dylan on the other side they probably um they probably escape that. Um, they probably don't end up with the the puck going into the back of their net. I don't really mind so much about like obviously after Burns uh, is turns over the puck. I don't really mind the the attempt at a poke check. I think with the where Dell was like with how fast that play broke down, right. it's hard to get back into position. It's hard to get square. So the poke check's a good probably desperation move there. The problem with the poke check is is if you miss, it's yeah. kind of an all or nothing play. Yep. Um, so I don't really, I don't have an issue with that so much, but yeah, Brent Burns can't turn over the puck there, but he probably shouldn't have had the puck to begin with. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, you know, if you're, if you miss with a poach check, you are so out of position, you're leaving the net wide open there. So, right. So that made it a two, one sharks after two, uh, you know, Sola's shadow and the Sharks Latella strong on the power play. Yeah, I mean they're now uh, five for nine on the power play in 2020. I mean, uh, ab- absolutely cr- crazy to go that. Oh, it's January now. Now, now we can have a good power play. <laughs> Where was this the last two months of 2019? Well, I think. I think a part of it is is that like there has been somewhat of a new look on the power play, and it was going to take time for you know I said this last show it was going to take time it's going to it was going to take time for you know a lot of the things that Bob Bugner was trying to implement to be implemented correctly, and I'm not saying that Bob Bugner has completely fixed the power play at this point and everything's going to be you know super super okay forever like, but you're not going to complain that it's working right so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, they, they, they definitely had some success in, in the last few games. Um, and you don't want to just like be like, oh, well, you know, power, you know, strength of opponent, whatever. But I think I think there's some things that maybe are clicking a little more. Maybe they're coming a little more naturally now that maybe didn't come so naturally before where they're trying to implement the new power play that Bugner and staff is have implemented. It's probably coming more natural now. It's going to start coming to the point where they're not really thinking about it. It's just that is the instinct to do what they do. And, uh, you know, yeah. and so I think that's probably a part of the reason for the success. Uh, Benjamin Castle saying shout out Barkley Goodruff with his positioning on the power play. Got the same on the second unit uh, in front of the net. Yeah. Um, I mean, being a little screen, which is great. 
yeah, I mean, you want you you want to get in the goalie's eyes. Like I I think that Peter DeBoer tried too long to basically basically do the old power play without Pavelski there to tip the puck. Um, but you still want to be in the goalie's eyes. I mean, if you can still, you know, if, if someone can get a random tip on a puck, like they're not going to do it as well as Pavelski did, did it. But if you can still be in front of the net, like, you know, the goalie, if he can't see it, he might not stop it. The problem with a lot of the, the shots for the, for the power play under Peter DeBoer was the goalie was seeing a lot of these shots coming from the point and you're just not going to beat a goalie like that. Like if a goalie sees the puck coming from the blue line, guess what? An NHL goalie is probably going to stop it. (laughs) He's got a point folks. (laughs) Um, You know, getting some love in the chat for Sue Mello. What did you think of him being on the second line tonight? I think Swimella, like he's an he's a guy that I don't understand why I don't understand what the coaching staff doesn't like about him because he was a guy that got pulled out of the game like he played a really good game in Detroit and then he got pulled out of the lineup and I thought he should have remained in the lineup I think he made a good case tonight for staying in the lineup I I don't know what it is the coaching staff thinks that he doesn't do well enough but I thought you know in the in the limited times that we've seen Swimmel on the Sharks this season, I thought he's had some really good outings. Um, but, you know, again, I don't know what to tell you as far as why what the coaching staff doesn't see there. I, I would like to know. Because <laughs> there's some guys that play over him that really, I, it, I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, David H. kind of going back on the power play. Great seeing the power play move the puck with the forwards and not always just dropping it back with the lane doesn't open. Yeah, I think, and the they, the Sharks have done, like, the, the way that with, the way that the power play is set up now, it gives even the defense a lot of room to kind of come up. Like, you see Eric Carlson, you know, he'll come up from the point and kind of go up around this face-off circle to try and open a lane. Like, they're not just, it's not just point to point, you know, pass from this to a corner, pass to that corner. Um, you know, that it's, it's a big part of the success is that they're allowed to move and try to create lanes that are just not going to be there under the old static power play system. Which is good. I think. It, yes. It, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think they, they need to go away from, you know, setting up for the Pavelski tip, you know, but I, yeah, I mean, it wasn't working. I mean, the, you know, it, it just, it wasn't working this season and I don't know why Peter DeBoer was so, stuck on it for so long like just trying to force the same play same play same play um you know and it's nice to see that like with with Bugner in charge like you've seen some changes and it looks like it those changes are starting to pay off a little bit now we'll see I mean you know it's it's uh there's still a few games left obviously so we'll see what happens but right now it's it's hard to argue with the results uh, and then it got even better at 209 of the third. Brent Burns kind of, you know, pinching in while LeBanc covers the point. LeBanc takes a slapper. Burns picks up the rebound and, and bangs it home before Elvis could even get to it to uh, finish up the scoring. LeBanc and Dylan on on the goals with that one. Um, nice to see Burns kind of moving around a little bit. I'm not going to say he's playing a forward position because we're not going to start that, but um, nice to see some movement in the offensive zone. Yeah. I mean, it was good. He, he made a good, he made a good pinch and, you know, um, again, just kind of, kind of like, yeah, I, I like that goals. It's kind of like a goal scorer's goal, right? You just, you don't panic. You, you move, you move enough to, to open up the seam and, you know, backhanded in the net. And that basically finished off the scoring. You had Foligno hit LeBanc. Dylan didn't like it, caused a fight there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, great. I know some people were really high. I, I, I really, it was a clean tough, hit. Yeah. It was a clean hit. I like, there's, there's a part of like, I'm not gonna. I've, I, I'm not a guy who's going to like be like, oh god, a fight! I can't handle this and clutch my pearls. But I just, it annoys me that sometimes you have to fight for a clean hit, like yeah. a, a dirty hit. Absolutely, like then you should have to respond. The, the having to respond for a clean hit, just I don't know. It's it's one of like just it's a dumb hockey thing. But I mean, yay, fight, woohoo. 
and, and basically, Boone Jenner gets called for a tripping at 721, and that was pretty much it. Uh, Sharks had a couple of chances at the end that didn't cash in, but it didn't matter as the Sharks win this one 3-1. to one. Uh, Sorely needed two points, and, and uh, for a team that's, that's struggling uh, following uh, losing their captain, uh, definitely a, a good solid team win all around. Yeah, it was a solid team game. It's and it's a good game. I mean, it's nice to see the Sharks respond, especially um, after that game against the Blues. I mean, obviously, the Sharks need to put together wins. Um, and the kind of effort you got tonight is the kind of effort that will give you the best chance to get those wins going forward. I thought Aaron Dell again provided the Sharks with an excellent, another excellent goaltending performance. Um, and as long as he continues to give you those, I think that, you know, I've said this a billion, billion times now, but as long as they continue, as long as Aaron Dell continues to give you these games, I, you play him until the wheels fall off because you have nothing to lose at this point. Um, and, and, but yeah, overall, I thought it was a really solid team, team win. You know, like the team played really well. I thought they played really structured hockey. I thought they played the kind of hockey that we've wanted them to play all year. Um, I, I'm curious to see how they're going to perform against, um, some of the tougher teams. Uh, you know, the, this Columbus team has done really well considering their situation. I mean, they're missing, I think what nine regulars, they said something like 200 man games lost injury or something. I think they said on the broadcast tonight, missing like nine regulars. I mean, um, you look at, I mean, there's no, there's no easy games, uh, in the NHL, but, um, you know, and, and this, Blue Jackets team proves that. I mean, considering all the adversity they face, they're what? I think they're two points of a playoff spot. So kudos to them. Yeah. And they had that, like I said, they had that big point streak that the Sharks snapped when they were in Columbus last weekend. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Columbus right now is, I mean, they're currently. Yeah. Two points out of a playoff spot. Yeah. Two points out of the last wild card. You know, and, uh, you know, kudos to them for that i mean it's in an ultra tight you know eastern conference where toronto is battling you know carolina Mm -hmm. philly florida the rangers perhaps you know you have a lot of guys that are in there that are going for it i mean it's going to be tight down the road and it's going to be tight down the road for san jose they for sure i mean they pick up you know 44 points uh they're tied in points with uh, Chicago. Uh, they have one more win on there, but they're slowly getting back into things. They pick up their twentieth win of the season, but they still have a long way to go. And to, and there's yeah, there's there's a long way to go. I mean, it's there's there's a lot of positives here, you know. And the, the thing that I would be concerned with is. Well, I mean, look at, I mean, I don't, I think it wouldn't be concerned with that. I think concerns the wrong word. It, it would be unfortunate for the Sharks to finally figure things out only to just not have it matter, like have it be too little too late. But at the same time, um, you're also decreasing the odds of that Ottawa pick being good, which is also a positive. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a mixed bag, um, like they're what they're eight points out of the playoff spot right now, and and those, that's and that's going to be a tough, that's going to be tough to make up. Um, and the leap it's not impossible. Teams. It's not impossible, but that's the problem, right? Is not only do you have to like, you have to make up the points, but you have to hope that someone, you know, that a few teams in front of you have the wheels absolutely fall off at the same time. And that's, that is going to be what makes this so daunting because eight points out of the playoffs doesn't seem so daunting, but you know, and tonight they got a little help from the, from the out of town scoreboard, but you're not going to get that every night. And And that's, what's going to make those points hard to make up. And you also have a lot of teams that you got to leapfrog over. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You have to, I mean, like I said, you need, not only do you need to play well and, not only do you need to rack up points, you need at a really high rate. You need some. You need some of the teams in front of you to help you out too. Yep. Absolutely on that all around, good sir. So your final stats on the night. Uh, I, I thought overall, Aaron Dell played phenomenal. 
uh, only yeah. having that one goal. Uh, they they were kind of kind of pushing this on the broadcast a little bit that he has taken over the number one spot. And well, I mean, it's about time. <laughs> really, I mean, I you know I I was looking at his have his record today since the coaching change and and you know all the wins aren't there, but I mean the the play has been there, right? Um. You know he didn't he he didn't get all the, he didn't get the wins in a, in his first few outings after the coaching change because the team was still garbage in front of him. But um, I don't like he's he's been better than Martin Jones, and it's really since the coaching he's been better since than Martin Jones. The numbers will tell you that your own two eyes should tell you that. But yeah. um, you know the the Sharks really. And I look at I I mean I like again I am sure Martin Jones is a swell human being. Everyone thinks like I have this like death vendetta against him. No, I just think that Aaron Dell's been the better goalie. Um, and you know unless Martin Jones can unless Aaron Dell completely falls apart, then yeah okay fine you give Jones a chance to redeem himself again. But you can't. How many points do, are the Sharks gonna? give away if we have to be fair to Jones, you know, quote, quote, fair to Jones. Right. Like Jones has had opportunity after opportunity to, to be the guy. And, you know, in the games that he's played, he hasn't like, other than that last game he played, he hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been, you know, the, the steadiness you're getting from Dell is just, he's given you a better work rate. And until that changes, they need to ride Dell because at this point wins all that matters. It doesn't matter who makes more money. That's that's a problem for the off season. Yep. You know, there's people talking about a Jones buyout. Sure, uh, and as well they should. Yeah. And, but Aaron Dell, thirty of thirty-one with a nine sixty-eight save percentage. He had a great night tonight. Indeed. Um, you you definitely have. Uh, seen the tie turn on on the time on ice with the with the defense mario ferraro who was up there a lot now getting 1303 uh you know shimmick vlasic and dylan you know 16 17 18 and then burns and carlson are 25 26 you know i i'm with you on the sense that's that i'm afraid of them you know overloading them but you know yeah yeah, uh, Kane did 22 minutes tonight. Uh, yeah, I mean, some guys are going to have to play more minutes bank. to get. Yeah, you know, the, they're going to have to play more minutes. Um, Vander Kane playing 22 minutes seems high, but um, it is just it is what it is, I guess. You know, it's that seems a little bit high, but but Vander Kane, I mean, he's been, I, I think he's been good. I think, um, I think Vander Kane, like uh, looking because obviously, you know, I've been working on these. On the on the selling the sharks um, series that I'm working on, and really looking at it, Evander Kane probably has for value probably the best deal on the team, considering like the age of when it expires. Spoiler alerts for my article, <laughs> but um, Kane, Kane probably for value probably has one of the best value value deals on the team. He's he's about middle of the pack for guys in his uh, money making range. And, you know, uh, unlike a lot of these other guys where their contracts end and they're, you know, mid, like mid, late 30s to just late 30s, like his contract's up when he's 33. It's probably it's probably, you know, out, out of the long term deals. That's maybe the one that Doug Wilson got right. Yeah. And you need to time it right. Otherwise, you're going to have a bunch of older guys that are going to have no movement clauses and you're going to be stuck for it with a bit. Uh, some comments in the chat uh, in here, you know, Felix saying, I generally feel bad for Jones, but he needs to be better still. I mean, it's a bit like it's a sport, but it's also a business. Right. And I think, you know, the business is winning and you, I, you know, I don't look at you're allowed to feel bad for Jones. I'm not telling anyone they can't feel bad for Jones, but I don't know how anyone can really defend him at this point either. True. Uh, like his goaltending, like it's just it's indefensible right now. 
the the return on investment the Sharks have gotten on that contract and the fact that that contract is far from over, it's bad. Yeah. It's just bad. To quote Roberto Longo, my contract sucks. <laughs> yeah, except for that one sucks for different reasons. Right. Uh, Milk Shark, uh, good evening to you. Sharks need four points every three games from now until the end to make the playoffs. What do you think of that? Um, I'd have to work up the math. But yeah, look, I think the Sharks can lose nine more games. Nine, maybe eight more games, depending on what everyone else does. Um, so that's probably all right. Yeah. Uh, Erudzitis84 with a couple here. We just can't score to beat teams like we used to. We've become a low-scoring team under Bob. Um, I would argue the Sharks have been a somewhat low-scoring team all year. I'd have to go and check the numbers. But, um, yeah, look, at offense hasn't come easy for the Sharks all year. Last season, they were able to outscore a lot of their goaltending problems, so their goaltending problems weren't as prevalent. Um. But yeah, look at I think it's it's hard to score goals when you are trouble when you're struggling to in the transition game and you are like we have beat up on the Sharks power play a lot, but this <laughs> year is the worst the power play has been in a long time. Like we have complained when the power play got cold a little bit, but I think, you know, it's ended it was a top 10 power play in the league for for years. Um this year the power play hasn't been the weapon that it used to be for the Sharks, and that has caused them a lot of grief. Yeah, and it's... Um, okay, know, so Andy's saying scoring is unchanged this season, but there you go. Yeah. But I feel like they they were they were far more successful on the power play uh, last year, um, and I think that helped them a lot. Yeah, and... Especially kind of saying the message that you don't score, you know, you, you, you don't score in the power play. They're going to just take civil, take so kind, so many kinds of liberties, you know, so. um, So let's see. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it on, on the night there. I mean, the Sharks go one for three on the power play. So they're now five for 11 on the man advantage in 2020 uh you know 6-4 in the favor of the blue jackets and giveaways they the sharks blocked 21 uh shots so that that's definitely uh helping things out you know mm-hmm. aj saying you know doesn't help that the sharks are also giving a lot more high danger chances this season <clears throat> so yeah, so they uh, get their twentieth win. They're at forty-four points. They are now um, uh, they are uh, eight points out of a playoff spot. And uh, oh, happy birthday, Martin Jones! You you uh, you uh, turn thirty tomorrow. And boy, howdy! It, it's been a rough rough year for you, man. And uh, hopefully the uh, move on. Yeah, to... I you know and. Ugh. I mean, again, look at I we we're gonna argue this until the end of time, but like giving yeah, you know, not having Pavelski in front of the net, sure I can see how that's a bad thing, but giving Pavelski that deal that, that Dallas gave him would also be a bad thing. So I don't you can't really win. And, and honestly, you know, after two seasons in Dallas, he'll be back after he gets bought out but you know, by like uh right, Carolina. So With that, I believe it is time. Have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around. But before we get into the NHL, we got to give some love to a a team that played last night. Ooh, Barracuda! I mean, when you you win a game 9-0... I think it it deserves some love. <laughs> yes, yes. The only downfall to the Barracuda doing nine nothing last night is the prospects are all of a sudden awesome again, and we should call everyone out. Yeah, I mean Gambrell had a four point night uh, in that win. Um, it, it's almost like you know with the Couture injury, it's like now it's kind of reinvigorated 
the the youngsters to try to find their way to. I mean, they they the Barracuda have been so. I'm not trying to crap on the Barracuda here, but like, look at the team's record. I, I you know I'm not saying that the. I, I'm not saying that they are, you know, that they're a bad team, but they they've been a really inconsistent team all season. Um, yeah, they they go out and they they get a big nine nothing win. They, you know, I think they lost by a landslide a few games before that. It's just, right. it, you know, I don't I don't know how much there is to it as far as that goes. You know what I mean? Like it's like I'm not again. I'm not trying. You don't want crap on a win. I think nine nothing winning is is great i just you know i just think it's coincidental with recent events because that's the way this barracuda team has been all year yeah and uh it, it goes to show how how crazy this team can be they can, they've had those games where yeah last night nine nothing i think the uh like a few weeks ago they won like seven to two or something or then they put like a i think thought they got close to putting a 10 spot on another team uh, a month or two ago. But, I mean, you know, Joachim Blickfeld with two goals. You know. Hey, I need to know who Pasternak Jr. is. Please do not tell me Jonas Donskoy is Pasternak Jr. I oh, will boy. lose my mind no, no. right here on this very podcast. <laughs> so, you know, like a tiger... Donsky almost got turned into bobblehead the other night. Let me ask you this, mm-hmm. because we can just play the wheel of of Department of Player Safety here. What did you think of that? That hit? explanation was ridiculous. I, I mean, I've seen. I mean, I, I almost want to compare it to the Taurus hit on Stoll years ago in the playoffs, and it's like. You call nothing? There was shoulder-to-head contact. Yeah, I didn't like that explanation on the on that. I, I don't know. I mean, whatever. The, the, the department of player safety is a joke. We all know it. Um, that, that whole thing was ridiculous, I think. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't agree. I think that should have been a suspension, easily a suspension. But, eh, you know. Guys who used to be goons in the NHL disagree, so what do I know? And that's the thing that just bugs me. It was George Paros saying anything wrong oh, yeah, in there a long the, time it's, ago. It's the, whole, it's, it's, the, it's the wolf in the hen house, right? It's like, where, where's the raucous though, bro? On there. Yeah, it makes me sense. It is what it is. Yeah. Let's get to uh, the night tonight's action. Uh, David Pasternak with a hat trick leads the Bruins over the Jets 5-4. to four. Thank you. That helps the Sharks a little bit. This doesn't help. Montreal falls again, losing to the Oilers 4-2. to uh, Believe it or not, McDavid nor Dreisaitl scored a goal in this game. In Tampa, the Desert Dogs uh, get shut out by the Tampa Bay Lightning 4 nothing. Last two games for the Lightning, 13-2. to Very nice. <laughs> yep. Uh, in Florida, the Panthers beat the Canucks 5-2 to two in this one. Uh, former Shark Mike Hoffman with his 16th goal of the season. That one. Uh, in Manhattan, uh, Panarin hits the 60-point mark as the Rangers beat the Devils 6-3 to three in this one. Uh, in St. Louis, the Blues 5, Sabres 1. What happened to the Buffalo Sabres? Did the Sharks break them early on? Um, they're just, they're just a, a funnily built team. Um, I don't know. Um, Jack Eichel is not as good as Connor McDavid because he can't carry the whole team on his back. Well, I mean, maybe the, maybe if Eichel had a, you know, um, a dry sidle, then maybe things would go different in Buffalo. But yeah. like, I, you know, for a lot of flack that Jack Eichel gets, Jack Eichel is probably, you know, his back's probably pretty sore from carrying that team around. <laughs> well, yeah, Eichel gets his 27th goal, uh, but wasn't enough uh, in this one. Pekka Rene becomes the seventh goalie to score a goal uh, in the NHL. Uh, he does it in a 5-2 win over the Chicago Blackhawks. 
uh, you know, he, he joins, you know, I think a couple others, including Nabby, uh, to be, you know, one of the few uh, non-North American goaltenders to actually do it. So, uh, Duchesne gets, gets his 10th, Benito gets his 14th, and of course, Rene gets his first NHL goal. One that doesn't help either way for the Sharks. The Flames win 2-1 over uh, the Minnesota Wild. A former Shark Alex Stalock gets the loss in this one. Johnny Goudreau gets his 12th of the season. Yeah, Goudreau seems like he's finally starting to heat up a little bit. So, yeah. be interesting to see what the Flames do going forward. Yeah. Uh, Kings score four goals in the first period to jump on the Golden Knights 4 nothing. But then after that, the Golden Knights would outshoot the Kings 35 to five. Wasn't enough as the as the Knights go down to the Kings five to two. I just feel like I need to um, go to yeah. Since I I saw a the Sharks are uh, the the Golden Knights are getting Sharks asked goal like early this season Sharks goaltending. Um, they're since the I want to see since the New Year. Um, both have been sub 900. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury and uh, Malcolm Subban have been sub 900 goaltenders. And yet they've been fighting for first place in the Pacific, which is mind-boggling. Uh, in Anaheim, Corey Perry's return to Anaheim is sidelined because he's suspended. Suspended. Yep. Yep. Uh, but doesn't help that the Sharks' next opponent shuts out the Ducks three nothing. Uh, Giryanov, Radulov, and Hintz get the goals for Dallas in this one. Uh, and that is it for your wraparound on this night. So now, the return we've been we've been waiting all season for. Joe Pavelski comes back to San Jose on Saturday night. Um, this should yeah. be an interesting one. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a big game. The the uh the Stars have so far they've been doing well on their trip so far. Um so it's going to be another team that's coming in with some momentum. Um obviously you know, I think Pavelski's going to want to show the Sharks that they screwed up by not signing him. Uh you know, they want to Pavelski's going to want to come in here and shut loud mouths like me up. And um you know, We'll see what happens. I mean, it's going to be, but it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be probably a little emotional game. And um, I think that, you know, again, Balski is going to come in here and he's going to want to put on a show. So uh, Sharks are going to have their work cut out for them for sure. Yeah. Uh, AG commenting on what Burns said on Couture's absence. Quote, it's a good time for other guys to step up. It's a tough, it's tough when you lose a guy who does everything. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Couture, Couture and Hurdle are your your one and two guys on this team. Um, and losing one of them is very problematic very quickly. Um, you know, uh, the Sharks held their own tonight, but, you know, this is the first game of, you know, in the next six weeks. It's going to be, they're going to have the work cut out for them. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see what that goes on from there. So if you haven't already, thumbs up us. Right, there you go. Uh, hit that subscribe button, hit that no notification bell. That'll tell you when we go on the air. Uh, we do this after every single game. We want to thank the 1,900 of you uh, that have uh, subscribed to the YouTube channel. We are on the road to 2,000, and we are on the road to 5,000 on Twitter. So tell, tell your friends to uh, join us. Always a good time in here. So... Let's uh, get at it for Saturday night. We've set you up for there. So with that, your final thoughts and where the people can find you, Mr. Ian Reed. Uh, at Ian Blogs Hockey on the Twitter machine. Um, again, keeping out for my uh, series, um, you know, which some people probably get on my casework now that we've won a couple of games. Be like, you're so <laughs> negative. You're so negative. But How I am dare you? Series called, called Settling the Sharks is looking at the, the Sharks uh, roster players. Basically trying to figure out, you know, how movable they are, what you might be able to get in return, and if you should move them at all. Um, I've got a, the next part is going to have a group of forwards, and that should be very, very soon. Um, and then I'm hoping to have the, by the end of next week, the whole series should be out for you all to read. Cool. Cool. 
Uh, HA put up a post earlier today on tealtownusa.com, so check that out as well, along with uh, Felix's Hockey Takes and all of our podcast content, including the Pucknologist there. And if you missed anything, you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple or Google Podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. If there's one that we haven't hit, let us know right away. You can find me on the Twitter and Instagram at PuckGuy14. Appreciate you uh, supporting us either way, any way possible. uh, Just, uh, you know, find a way that to tell your friends we we love to keep this thing growing here absolutely uh when asked how dell has stabilized the sharks goaltending boogner made sure to mention jones i like the way our goalies are trending but dellers definitely finding doing a job of finding a way to win and i do have two questions for you before we get out of here um you know what what do the sharks do with dell now is it is he just bringing up his trade bait goalies generally don't move very they don't generally have a lot of value i mean i feel like at the trade deadline there's always talk of like goalies that have you know kind of fired themselves up a little bit before the trade deadline moving and then they never move um you know and we've we've kind of seen that um the last couple of trade deadlines you know jimmy howard's a name that always seems to come up and never actually goes anywhere um I think that you, unless if someone really like, unless someone like, you know, you're putting together a deal and someone says, okay, I like this, but, you know, I want Aaron Dell to make this trade work. And you say, okay, well, this trade's going to help us going forward. Then you probably throw them in, right? Um, I would hold Aaron Dell until the end of the year. Um, Because I I just, I don't think you're going to get, you know, you just, again, you just don't get value for him in return. And I think... Yes, he has played better recently, but people are also going to look at the big picture when trying to assess his value. And that's not going to get you much for Dell. The other thing that I would also say, though, is that in the offseason, the Sharks, the easy thing to do is going to be, yeah, just give Dell money because of how he's played the end of the stretch and, you know, come back with the the same goaltending if you can't buy out Martin Jones or whatever. And I think that would be a mistake. Um, I think you can keep one of them, but you cannot come back with both. I don't, I understand that Dell's given you some good games, but you absolutely need to look to upgrade that position in the off season. And it would be, I know some people are gonna be like, what are you talking about? Aaron Dell's been great. How would you, you know, how do you move on from now? Because you got to look at the big picture and he's been great lately. And late, and that's good because the Sharks have needed that. But I just, I would be very, very, very nervous to see Dell as the team starter going forward. I think Aaron Dell's a good goalie. I think he's a capable backup. But the Sharks really need to upgrade that position in the offseason. Among other things, but goaltending, I think, is the biggest priority. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out the rest of the season at the deadline and then after that. So, all right. The other question I had for you is this, is that now that Logan's out, he's definitely not going to the All-Star game. Hurdley is a part of the last minute in voting. You know, they. I don't remember a year where, and maybe it has happened and something's happened at the last minute. I don't remember a year where a team wasn't represented at the All-Star game. My guess is Hurdle comes off that ballot and replaces Couture. Yeah. Or or do you see like Hurdle Hurdle get, you know, gets in and the Sharks, I don't know, do you send Kane or or Eric Carlson? I I think I mean, you just I I guess you could, but I don't see why you would. I would just, I mean, you put Hurdle on that ballot for a reason. I just take Hurdle off yeah. the ballot and send him, you know, and that's that. Because I, I don't, like I said, I don't recall a year where a team wasn't represented at the All-Star game. Maybe it's happened maybe once, maybe once. And because just maybe last minute injury or something, I just couldn't find someone else to go. Yeah. And I know every team has to be represented, but it's like sometimes I think it was Montreal. I think uh, 
uh, last year, I think Carey Price was supposed to go, but he couldn't because he was hurt. And I think that was like the lone exception because it was a last minute thing. So Yeah, I, I like I said, I don't recall a, a player. I, I don't recall an all-star game in the, you know, the, that I've witnessed where a team wasn't represented. I just I don't remember it ever happening. It might have happened once, but very rare. Uh, Kempe got two goals tonight. Doesn't make the three stars. Yep, they they were in Vegas, all right. So, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, here here's the thing, right? You know, again, yeah, they lost. They lost by three goals, but they also outshot the like. I mean, they dominated the Kings for two periods after that. So, you know, maybe I, I didn't watch the game, so I'm not gonna. I, I'm I'm not gonna try and pick apart their their star selections. I know sometimes their star selections, they just like to troll people with them. <laughs> I mean, Ryan Reeves got a star for doing absolutely nothing in a game um, just because they knew it would piss off Sharks fans. Um, I don't know. You know, I didn't see the end of the game, so I don't know. But obviously they they pretty much ran the show for two periods after that one. Yeah, just didn't get anything to uh, make it interesting in the, in the end, though. So, Ian, as always. Oh, go ahead. Oh, just uh, in 2018, the John Scott fiasco meant Arizona didn't have a representative. There you go. Yeah, there you have it. And again, you know, like, but that's that is the exception to the rule, not the rule. Right. Right. So, Ian, thank you as always. Appreciate yeah. it. Uh, to all our viewers, thank you, our listeners as well. Appreciate it. We'll be back with you following a very special night in, uh, well, in the South Bay. <laughs> of course, the Niners play at 1.30 locally. The Sharks will play at 7.30 with the return of Joe Pavelski on open water Jersey night. That's right. Standing room only tickets are starting at $75 plus fees. That's just crazy. So with that, we'll get out of here. We thank you for watching. Uh, We'll probably hit up to the Discord for After After Dark right now. So hit that subscribe button on our YouTube. Follow us on the social media. Check out our videos. And until... Saturday night. Keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you Saturday.